You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's time for the Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. Mm-hmm. I was talking to David right before we hit record. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I needed a little... Every now and then when you're going to do something like this, David, you got to pump yourself up a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's that's why I do the cocaine just before we stop. Yeah, but, you know, my wife doesn't like it when I do that, so I... Oh, my wife likes to join me. So I was listening to a little ACDC, and I... uh, You like one of the, the... I mean, still old at this point, but newer albums than I do. You like the, uh, you said Thunderstrike one? Uh, well, I like the song Thunderstruck. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, <clears throat> Shoot the Thrill is uh, probably my favorite ACDC song. It's yeah. the one that I listen to when I really need to get pumped up. But I mentioned that that album, Back in Black, released in 1980. Can you believe that? Jesus Christ. Um yep. I think is one of the greatest rock albums of all time. Now, granted, you could take any ACDC song and put it on another ACD album, ACDC album, and it would make no difference. I mean, it, they're all the same, right? Yeah, they've got a... Um, oh, but there was, you know what, there was a lot of bands in the 70s that were like that. There's a big band in here in the UK who are famous for, for always sounding the same, called Status Quo. Yeah. Uh, you know, who were it's probably not... app name, then. Yeah, um, and uh, they they also had a very distinctive sound and a very distinctive chord structure they tend to use on their songs, which gave them, uh, which to the uninitiated made all the songs sound the same. ACDC definitely has, uh, well, I'd say ACDC kind of invented a certain style of rock sound. Oh, I would you agree know? with that. Yeah. yeah, but there's something about the, the album Back in Black that just... There isn't a bad song on it, and I can't say that about any other ACDC album. In fact, I can't say that about many albums. Yeah. You know, you were mentioning uh, the Metallica Black album. Yeah. That's probably... Mm, boy, you know, we, we didn't prepare for it, but if we wanted to put our top five albums together, that would be difficult. But the Black album from, ACD, or from uh, Metallica is within the top three yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in Black would probably be within the... I don't know if it'd be in the top five, but it would definitely be in the top ten. Probably in the top... You know, Desert Island thing, you got it, You can only bring five albums. I think Purple Rain would probably be my number one. And then probably the Black album from Metallica. But beyond that, I don't know. It's too difficult of a uh, question. Is there no K-pop in your list? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe around number nine. <laughs> But I Just, love music. I, who doesn't, yeah. though? I mean, you know. I, I did a um, geekish. No, was it a geekish show ever? No. I don't remember. I did a, I did a podcast. Maybe it was for somebody else's show. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. And I uh, did a deep dive. And I started drinking at the beginning of the podcast. And I was, I was feeling good by the end of it. Um, I did Def Leppard Pyromania. Yeah. which is definitely in my top five. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Everyone's kind of forgotten Def Leppard. <laughs> they just they kind, kind of have, but yeah. Pyromania is an amazing album. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, Stage uh, Fright is one of my favorite songs when it comes to the rock genre. I mean, it's I, so good. I think I think this is... Um, 
this is one of the things you find as you get older is stuff that was you think was was going to be forever huge when you were uh, you know in your formative years is is now is now virtually forgotten about yeah and um yeah i so they they have um they're doing the i'm a celebrity get me out of here show uh, on tv here at the moment uh and um there was an older tv star in there who was talking to somebody much younger and she'd never heard of dire straits the eagles now she now when they were talking about the eagles when he when he kind of sang a bit of hotel california she she went oh i, I know that song but she had no idea who it was by yeah she'd never heard of dire straits um you know and yeah you talk to people now and, and there are people there are there will be people who've never heard def leppard because it doesn't for some reason it doesn't make the kind of the uh the old you know the radio stations that play the older stuff. It doesn't. They don't seem to play a lot of Def Leppard anymore. Uh, whereas you know, they still play ACDC. Yeah. They still play Dire Straits and and that sort of thing. You know, I mean, th- th- uh, famously, a few years ago, um, Apple gifted us all a U two album. <laughs> yeah, you remember how big U two were? But who the hell talks about U two anymore? Well, they you know. haven't had a new album in five years. I yeah, mean. I know, but and and as I said, "Songs of Innocence" was famously misreceived because of what happened with Apple. But the thing is, is that is that they were such a huge band, yep. and you would think some of their music would have lasted more uh, more strongly than it than it apparently has. No, I would just disagree doesn't... with you with U two. I don't know anybody who doesn't know U two. No, I know plenty of people who who don't know U two and and probably couldn't name a U two song. Uh, and and I think that there's only two or three U two songs that that people play anymore. I think I don't think um, and certainly I don't think they play anything pretty much after kind of the Joshua's Tree, the uh, kind of late eighties, early nineties stuff. They, no. uh, I would disagree with you, but um, they are. Joshua Tree would probably be the well, no question about it. It would be in my top ten. I don't know if it'd break oh, yeah. the top five, but uh, it would be really close. No, it's I, funny because I, I was talking yeah. about Pyromania, and that was the album that uh, came out before their biggest album of all time, and one of the biggest albums of all time, Hysteria. But yeah, I would argue that Pyromania is a much better album. I, I just think it is. Hysteria, I think, was it, it was obviously it was built off the success of Pyromania, and often with bands, what you get is is when they have a a moderately successful album, and then they they hit it big with the next one. The yep. next one tends to be like the really big, overproduced, um, pop friendly, radio friendly al- uh, album. And that was and, Hysteria, and that's Hysteria, which Woman, by, Rocket, Animal, Love Bites, yeah, Pour Some Sugar exactly, on Me. Yeah. I mean, good lord. But, but yeah, but the weird thing is, as I said, they've just kind of faded away, and I don't get it. I don't. Well, <laughs> I kind of do, because Hysteria sounds like a pop album, and I understand why you don't hear that on the classic rock stations, because it doesn't... It was it was a crossover album between pop and rock, right? Yeah. Whereas Pyromania is just a rock album. So I get why Hysteria was bigger, but I also get why it doesn't get a lot of airplay anymore. And it really, unless you're our age group, um, it, it probably doesn't appeal to a younger generation. Whereas something like The Beatles does. And by yeah. the way, I still haven't watched that Beatles thing on. Uh, no, I, I haven't seen it. Either. I want to. I, I'm. I know it's what two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I plan on it's a Peter Jackson thing. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I just. I don't know. I, there was so much good stuff on this last week that I just haven't got to it yet. But let's yeah, get into some of the geeky stuff here. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
big news out of uh, Lucasfilm that they canceled uh, Rangers of the New Republic, it looks like. Are which doesn't surprised? surprise me. <laughs> exactly. So they had a they had a, this was a spin-off vehicle for uh, Gina Carano who played uh, Cara Dune in in The Mandalorian and she was a very well received character and then she kind yeah. of torpedoed her relationship by with Disney by um you know posting some well to the right views and then when Disney said you know what we really wish you wouldn't do that can you just kind of row back on that she kind of doubled down and effectively stuck two fingers up to Disney so they said right we don't want to work with you anymore yeah you know and uh, I'm not we've we've talked about this before I'm not going to get into the rights and wrongs of what she did or uh, you know she's entitled to her views whatever they might be Uh, she's entitled to publicise her views but I think as we've said before you know you work with a family friendly company like Disney who are very PR conscious and um that's not going to go so well. And this is, appears to be what happened here. I've been thinking about this because I know some people are going to be all up in arms. and Well, they were up in arms and blaming cancel culture. There is no such thing as cancel culture, by the way. I know people want to make this yeah. a thing. It doesn't exist. All cancel culture is is a terminology that people are starting to use that your actions have repercussions. We've yeah. always had that. We've always yeah. had that. yeah. That's all it is. That's that's exactly it. It's just um, now now people can scream about it on Twitter (laughs) and criticize it on Twitter, which is what which is really what cancel culture is. And um, you know, everyone needs to ignore Twitter. uh, Well, good luck with that. I I am looking for we're a month away right now from the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. By the same creative team that did the Mandalorian. Um, So yeah. So actually, just about the cancellation of the Raging series, I I. You know, there's one of the reasons that uh, that I'm not too sad about it is is I am I'm you and I have both are both on record that we we are not fans of the lady who runs Lucasfilm. No, yeah, uh, and I have another we, story about this as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I'm going to bring it around to that in a minute. But the th- but the problem is is that uh, and this is a very Disney problem in particular is that when they find something successful, particularly in Star Wars, what they do is they try and replicate it you know kind of stamp it out as much as possible let's let's make another make another make another and and the problem with that is that um you know you run the risk of of diluting what makes the thing good in the first place i was becoming concerned that there are too many star wars series just as we had too many star wars movies and that blew up in their faces um you know those those people who make the the guys who who were involved with creating the mandalorian uh, and Boba Fett and those sorts of things. See, they can only spread themselves so far. Yeah, and there's a lot on the plate at the moment. There's the uh, the Osaka Tatana series. There's the Obi-Wan series. There's obviously a continuation of The Mandalorian. We've got this Boba Fett thing. We don't know how that's going to go in terms of um, continuity and, and moving on in the future. Um, you know, there is a risk of, of kind of not killing the... Overexposure. Yeah, not, not killing the Golden Goose, but spreading the Golden Goose too thin... Uh, and losing the gold and i think that's something that that lucasfilm was sleepwalking into um because of the problems with this lady at the top um and then and then some of the other things are going on the film projects or also uh, kind of what film projects that's the, the thing yeah. nobody really knows what's going on with the film projects now the one lady um that uh, patty jenkins had a she even did an ad for it standing talking on, on a yeah. runway 
next to um, a CGI X-wing. X-wing. Yeah. Talking about her father was a pilot, and I believe in Vietnam. Yep. And, uh, you know, nobody has really done a great movie about pilots like this, and she wanted to do Rogue Squadron. Yeah. And it sounded good. You know, you could see the passion when she was talking about it. But this is is another one where Kathleen Kennedy, it looks like, got between a creative person like, like Patty Jenkins who had a vision, this is what the movie's going to be like, and wanted to micromanage what it's going to be. And Patty Jenkins just finally said, you know what, enough's enough. Forget, We're yeah, just not going this. to do it. We're not going to do this. So so Patty Jenkins, obviously, is the is the director of the two Wonder Woman movies, one of which was excellent, one of which wasn't. Um, but she has a good track record. And, and who knows? Perhaps one of the problems with Wonder Woman 84 was she felt that the studio involvement um, cause a problem. I don't know what the background of that might be, but the thing is, not only is has Patty Jenkins walked, uh, Taika Waititi, who was the um, who was also on a Star Wars project, has also walked away for the same reason. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is a guy. This is the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, is behind what the flight the Concords and what we do in the shadows. This is a guy who can deliver. Yeah, can absolutely deliver. And you've got apparently again the head of the studio, getting involved in this project and going, well, I think we need this, I think we need that. Now, you some know? people would argue, David, I'm going to, I agree with you, by the way, yeah. and, and I think we're on the same page, but let me present the other side of this. Um, it's the wrong side, but let me present it nonetheless. It is, you look at Marvel and what they're doing, and it doesn't seem like they can make too many mistakes. Not everything is great, but... Almost all of it is at least good, right? It's very. It's rare for them to come out with something that truly stinks. Yes. Yeah. And that there is the head of the Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, who absolutely has his hands on everything. Uh, The difference there is he knows what he's doing. He understands it and he's passionate about it. Kathleen Kennedy was appointed to this position at the behest of George Lucas. Because she worked with Lucas and she worked with Spielberg. That that's that's it. That's that's her claim to fame. She was involved in these other projects. She was never in charge of them. She no, was she just was, a yes man no, for these other was, people. She was a producer, so a movie producer of. So you know, unlike in TV, where the direct where the director is kind of like the journeyman and swaps in and out. Uh, very often, at least it used to be. I, it's probably less like that now because TV and movies are kind of blurred together. But it used to be that in TV, the director could change from episode to episode, but it was the show's producer, the showrunner, as they called, who who was the creative, um, the creative input behind guiding the show. Whereas in movies, it's the other way around. Yeah, the right. director is very closely associated with the creative input and look and feel and direction of the movie and the producer is kind of there to make things happen line up the finance yeah and kind of um basically act as interface between the director and the studio right yeah so that was what kathleen kennedy did for spielberg and for lucas right that's not a creative role no it's not it's not the sort of creative role where you come in and you say to the director oh you can't do this you shouldn't do that we need we need this in it we need that in it right and i d- damn well bet back in the day she didn't do that to george lucas or steven spielberg right and now she's the head of studio now the difference is if you are the head of the studio you are not the producer on these projects 
Yeah, you're the head of the studio. So what you need to do is appoint people you trust and then sit back and let them get on with it. And instead, yes and no, because then, how, then how do you explain Kevin Feige? No, because yeah, they are in the same roles. No, but I, th- I think I think the difference is 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 Kevin Feige has an overall vision for Marvel's direction and he guides that. Yep. Yeah, but then he lets them get on with it. He gives them direction, and then he lets them get on with it. But remember, Kevin- they've they've also had people leave Marvel projects because of creative differences. Yeah. But I think the track record proves that as good as these other directors may have been on these projects that left, ultimately, Kevin Feige has been proven correct time and time again, which is why when Marvel announces a new Marvel Plus series or a movie coming, Everyone's excited because we know it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Whereas the Star Wars stuff, there's a lot of skepticism because the person at the top thinks she's a creative person and she's not. And she's well, proven over and over that she keeps making the wrong decisions. The only thing that she yeah. got right was the Mandalorian. Well, yeah. Uh, but but I think the reason for that is that is that I don't think she has an overall vision for Star oh, Wars. Oh, no, that's obvious. Yeah, she didn't even have an overall vision for a trilogy of movies, let alone exactly. an entire franchise. So that's that's the difference between her and Feige. Feige has an idea. Yeah. About, he talks about his phases. He knows where he wants them to start and how he wants them to finish. Yep. Right. And then what he does is, as, as each project comes along, he goes, "Well, this is the way we want to go." And now he's pretty skillfully starting to integrate the TV series into that same shared universe yeah star wars is already a shared universe but they have no idea where they want to take it they don't well let's back up for just one second because i think part of it they do know where they want to take it and i think that's where john favreau is coming in and kind of he's starting to own the the disney plus stuff and i think that kathleen kennedy has if if I had to guess, she's been ordered by Disney to take a hands-off approach to him. That yeah, they can I, pretty much do what they want. And I think it's yeah. only a matter of time before his people, if not him himself, is in charge of the entire Star Wars universe. And that can't happen soon enough simply because of the other news we have. J.J. Abrams producing a Star Wars sequel trilogy series. Yes. Really? We didn't learn anything at all yeah. from the first series of no, atrociously no, bad movies yeah. you're going to give them another chance i think the problem is is that is that uh lucasfilm uh, rather than you know the film people led by kathleen kennedy their only idea is we have to make more star wars films yep. they don't really care what's in them um and and i think that's the issue is yep. that so we had a we had a a, a a sequel trilogy that started with a remake of the original star wars movie then it had the thing in the middle where um well it went in some very odd directions um and then we had the final one which you know looking back on it now really was a bit the worst of, a travesty. of the, yeah yeah and the, and you know abrams is going to want to continue to work the way he works which is let's come up with a set pieces and string a story together on top of them yeah That's that, not, it does not work well, it doesn't it doesn't work because it, it's obvious to everybody watching the thing, watching the movies, that that's what they've done. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why Marvel hasn't or Disney hasn't stepped in and reorganized Lucasfilm yet. I, I don't understand what they're waiting for. Is uh, it contract I'll, information? I'll you tell can get you, out I'll, of a contract. I tell you what it is. At the moment, these movies succeed despite themselves, uh, so they don't think they have to bother. And, and remember the. 
you know, if you're Disney, you're not just thinking about, um, you know, the success of a single movie because it drives all the merchandising and everything off that. And that, that no, no matter how bad the movie is, you can always make the toys and the tie-ins and the theme park rides and all of that sort of stuff. And people will go for it because people love Star Wars despite whatever travesty gets gets pulled out you know i think i think the problem is is that what works in the mandalorian and these other shows is that they they started with a let's wipe the slate clean let's not start with a character you already know and start thinking about where they're going to go let's start with a character you don't know and over time we can build other parts of the universe and things you do know into it but actually the driving force of it is a new story new character new uh new direction yep and and that's exactly what they need to do in the movies yes we would we would kill for you know if they could have they could have taken the mandalorian tv series if they'd produced that as a as a two two and a half movie we would have loved it yes yeah don't get me wrong i'm happy it's a tv show of multiple seasons but you know what they could have done that in the movies it would have been a monster hit an absolute monster hit and 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 they don't get it they the people behind the movies don't get it they are so embedded in oh well you know we've got to pay fan service to what's gone before and all this sort of thing um you know and and it's uh, frankly i don't think the storytelling behind some of the previous movies is really strong enough for a lot of that no that's why we get a lot of the hill a lot of the holes um yeah and and the characters they're using at the moment are not strong enough no you know ray is an interesting character Except what they've done with her is just basically turned her into a clone of Luke Skywalker. Yep. Only a girl. Yeah. They've got other characters who could have been interesting at the beginning and they've kind of thrown them to one side. And I don't trust the people behind um, the uh, the last three movies to, to do something good with those characters because they don't know what they're doing. You know? I think J.J. Abrams lost a huge part of his fan base, people that, you know, because what he was doing on Mission Impossible and stuff like that was really good. Yeah. But I think he lost a lot of confidence in the fan base because he's been proven twice now that he he doesn't have any kind of original ideas and yeah. he doesn't really know what he's doing. At least that's how it yeah. seems to me. He really doesn't. Yeah. Or he's he's he, he's spa- he, he's stretching himself way too thin. Yeah, maybe that the only time it really it is. works is when he gets truly hands on from the very beginning. You know, sometimes these things are very complicated. Um, yeah. And as an example, you know, uh, Zack Snyder, who has had a lot of criticism thrown out over what he did in the uh, with the uh, DC universe. But you know what? Recently, um, we flipped on the TV one night and Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, was starting. Um, Leanne had never seen it, so she watched it. And she liked it. You know, she enjoyed it. She, she you know, kind of same as us. She said it wasn't brilliant, but it was quite enjoyable. And obviously, you know, she had the advantage that that's the first movie with Wonder Woman in. And then she's seen the other Wonder Woman movies. So she kind of knows more about who Wonder Woman is and all of that. So I said to her, I said, well, if you enjoyed Batman versus Superman, I've still got the Snyder Cut on the Plex server. You probably enjoy that because it coherently works a lot better with the previous movies than than the theatrical cut did she never saw the theatrical cut so she sat down over a couple of nights she watched um um the snyder cut and she thought it was brilliant because you know it it fits completely with the vision that he had for batman versus superman Uh, and she really enjoyed it she thought it was great you know and that's that is because whether you agree with it or not 
the Snyderverse delivered, uh, particularly with the Snyder cut, delivered a coherent vision of what Zack Snyder was looking for out of those characters. Yep. The yeah. problem is and it was it wasn't true to those characters. No, yeah, but you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. The thing is, is that you and I know the comics. She doesn't. She's not. She knows the characters. She only really ever watches movies. She doesn't know the comics. So that that really didn't bother her. And she as a as a piece of superhero entertainment, she was able to watch that stuff and think, I like this, I enjoy it. Yep. Know, she didn't need to worry about, you know, the inconsistencies with the comics and the fact that Batman is not really the character he's in the comics. And all that. She could just not, not, not engage with that. But the thing is, is that there is a situation where um, the creative vision that Zack Snyder had, whether you agree with it or not, was completely destroyed by studio interference mm-hmm. when they took an opportunity and they produced a worse movie as a result by their studio interference by saying oh you can't do this you can't do that right yeah i i think in these these situations you if you hire a director yeah you've got to let them do their thing that's what you hired them for i don't understand why you hire them because on the basis of their creative track record and they go you know i really don't like what you're doing so rather than fire you and get somebody else i'm going to force you to make changes here i'm going to force you to make changes there i'm going to reshoot this and and, and you know i don't i don't get it i really well, don't let's move over to something good and bad so I, we talked about this a while ago that the wheel of time um was coming to amazon prime and that this yeah. is kind of their you know crown jewel if you will yeah this amazon, is their game of thrones yeah. amazon is definitely moving down the track the netflix track of saying we want big we're prepared to well, spend that's money more hbo on, but yeah well yeah but they, they 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 want well netflix does this as well now you know they netflix has for years has been making their own series big series to try and bring eyeballs to their service amazon is doing the same and um, you know this is based on robert jordan's 14 book series and I knew they were going to have to change some things up yeah. because you can't go at the pace that Robert Jordan went. He was world building way too much. Mm-hmm. And he had, at the end, a cast of, you know, 50 main characters, which is just stupid and ridiculous. Not well, not that the books were bad. They were good. But you can't, what works in the books does not work in TV well, shows. Well, this is it. You have to adapt stuff for the yes. screen because you, you, can't, you can't tell... Um, you can't fill in the background with the same level of richness and detail you can with words. So they um, have changed things up quite a bit. Uh, I mean, quite a bit. The Almost every episode is just jumping way ahead of and leaving a lot of stuff out. And so the diehard Robert Jordan fans, which, let's be honest, isn't a huge crowd. No. I mean, it's, it's very small compared to how many people are going to watch this show. Um, are not happy. Wah, too bad for them. Um, I thought, now we're, we're what, episode four now? Three or four? We're at four. They they launched the series with three episodes online, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't just give me one episode. Give me give me two or three. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I think the set pieces were great. The acting is spot on. I know they've already replaced one of the actors for season two. I don't know why, but whatever. And he was probably the weakest of the characters anyway, so I'm okay with that. Um, my cat just jumped up here on the chair with me. She's in heat. She's making all these little uh, mewy sounds all the time. You go, hey, and she's like, meow. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Um, we got to get her fixed soon. Um, 
I think it's, I don't know if you've watched it yet or not. No, I haven't. I haven't had time and I'm not familiar with the source material. So mm-hmm. it's not like something I'm burning to watch it. I will get to it. It is. Point. It's a lot more violent than the books were a little yeah. bit more gory so far. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, I really, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm also enjoying, here's another one that no one seems to be talking about. And that's Invasion, an Apple Plus series. Yeah, right. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to continue or not because I haven't heard, I I'm seeing no social media anything yeah, on this series uh, because Apple Plus. <laughs> well, <laughs> Apple fine. Plus, and they made some really I think stupid decisions. It's so slow moving that if you don't kind of watch them back to back to back, you you just don't care. And there's too many storylines going on. And we're episode eight now or something like that. And you still don't know what the hell's going on. Not really. Um, And there was one episode that was shot. And it follows this one family. And it's so freaking dark that I couldn't see half of what's going on. I hate that. I really hate that. I don't understand the direction or the editing. Because that's that. at the end of the day, that's editing. Well, you edited it, this because they could crank up and make it so you can see stuff. You couldn't see anything. And I know they were going for the it's dark and mysterious and you can't really see. And that adds to no, it's freaking annoying. I can't I yeah. can't stop thinking. I can't see what the hell's going on. I think I think part of the problem with that is that is that if it's shot too dark, there's only so much you can do without actually kind of. Ruining no, the no, that's not true anymore at all. No. no and it wasn't that dark when they shot. It really wasn't. Um, that it's a hundred percent editing and I know it's a hundred percent editing because there's times that I have to go back 10 seconds or 15 seconds to hear what the frick the person just said, because I can't hear them crank up well, the that, volume a yeah, little bit. I, I've, I, uh, I, that really annoys me sometimes when the music drowns out the dialogue uh, is very irritating. And, uh, you know what? One of the reasons my, my Leanne likes to watch stuff with the subtitles on. Yeah, so does Brooke. Yeah. yeah. Brooke does the same thing. Yeah. Um, I was watching a YouTube video. I really wanted to see it. And this guy had this annoying looping music at the same volume as he's talking. And I finally, I, I was 30 seconds into it and I finally stopped it and I left him a comment. I said, I'm interested in watching your video, but this is the most annoying background music I've ever heard. How about uploading the video with no music? No one cares about the music and you're not producing a movie. Yeah. He replied to it. Thanks. And then about three days later, he re-uploaded it with no music. Yeah. So there's someone that actually listened. <laughs> yeah. Because it was good, but I, I can't hear. What are you doing? No one cares about yeah. this little rave music thing you got going. In. What do you think you're going for here? You're you're supposedly making a how-to video. Yeah. And I, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. And there is no <laughs> subtitles I can turn it's, on here. It's, it does seem to be, I mean... Not that I watch a lot of TikTok, but apparently on TikTok, the, most people use about the same three songs and yeah. they shove it on full blast behind any video and yep. destroy the uh, audio. Well, that's, uh, it's a big thing right now in YouTube as well. People are starting yeah. to put background music tracks because they think that the they're going to Disney's going to reach out for them to do a new series for them or something. And they want to show their skill. I get. Look, we used to do it on the my mac podcast we did it on this show at the beginning where we have some music that we play and then we start talking over the music it's our theme song right yeah and i still like it but we don't do it anymore and the reason is pretty simple no one gave a shit yeah 
no one cares about my theme music. I own two pieces of theme music. They're original pieces written by the same person. I own them. They're mine. Yeah. And Guy and Gaz is still using some goofy. I don't like the theme music they're using for the My Mac show at all. It it more fits what their style is, so that's fine if they want to yeah. do it. Look, but a, I'm at the, the point yeah. now where I'm like, if if there's a podcast and this 30 seconds of your intro music, I'm probably just skipping over it, and it's annoying more than anything else. Yeah, they. You know what they. The, there's there. I guess there's a branding argument behind having a theme music, but you've got to get it right. I mean. <laughs> I, th- I think I've I've mentioned to you before, but I I definitely said it again when my daughter watched uh, the first episode of Hawkeye last night. I said, as soon as as soon as the Marvel stinger started, I said, "Here's the Marvel stinger. It's about fifteen seconds too yep, long." Yeah, you gotta get past it. Yeah, <laughs> she yep. said because, and and I said, she said, "What do you mean?" She said, "But it's it's all the you know." She I said, "Yeah, but this is too long. Look, it's going to go on and on." And yeah, sure enough, it zooms out, and she, and and then. You see the whole Marvel Studios thing? And I said, yeah. And I'm going to say, look, the characters have disappeared. You're going to think this is finished now. You've still got another eight seconds of it. Yep. And sure enough, you know, the, the music keeps going. And she agreed with me in the end. She said, that's too long. It's way too long. <laughs> um, I And I do understand the whole branding thing, but uh, just, yeah. just knock it off. Let's I just know. get to the stupid thing. We're... Mm-hmm. You don't, but here's here's my issue with the Marvel one, and I liked it for a while, and I like it in the movies. Um, what are you doing? Oh, hold on. <laughs> Jesus! Those noises. It sounded like you just murdered that cat. Yeah, I did. It's dead. <laughs> um. Here's the thing with the Marvel thing. It's all self-congratulatory BS. Yeah. Look at these things that we've done in the past. Look at how we're so great. Whereas the Star Wars one are, is helmets and robots and and then they're ready to go. Yeah. Star and Wars got it, it that right. Marvel's got it wrong. I have to say, I find real parallels between the... The Marvel logo um, stinger and um, Rogers the musical, which we saw in the first episode of Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're not I, wrong. I, I, <laughs> Let's talk like, about the Hawkeye for a minute. Yeah. We're two episodes in now. Yeah, I've only seen episode one so far. Um, unfortunately, yeah, well, we're not going to talk about what happens in yeah. the series until it's done, yeah. and then we can do a whole looking at the the first season. I don't know if there'll ever be a second season. I have no idea. It doesn't feel like this is a season one. It feels like they gave Hawkeye a series to establish a new character. Yeah. Um, and that's fine because I really like the new character. And yeah. the, the I, I, I think I say this every single time a new Marvel series comes out. Right now, through episode two, this is my favorite one. So the, yeah, this is on really Disney good. Plus. Yeah. I still don't yeah. think it's as good as season one of Daredevil on Netflix. No. But yeah. for Marvel or for uh, Disney Plus, this is so far the most approachable. It a hundred percent is in the Marvel universe. I mean, without yeah. spoiling it, the first what five minutes of the movie Fun takes place during the first Avengers movie. Yeah, you see, there it's a family living in New York, and outside you see the shatari flying by and then all of a sudden yeah. explosions it's awesome exactly. it's just so good and, and and it so deftly sets up 
it sets it i mean it avoids the whole origin story thing by yeah. basically with a, a with a, an intro sequence and then the credits yeah. it basically establishes what you need to know about this character in 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 such a in such a, a really a deft, effective way effective yeah and believable way which allows the actress who plays her, who's fantastic, by the way, Hayley Steinfeld, for oh, Oscar she's winner, awesome. and, and she is really, really good at this. Um, I think the last big kind of front uh, geek movie she did was Transformers Bumblebee, which was yep. also... Which really is also really good. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it allows her to immediately hit the ground running, uh, and it allows the story to hit the ground running. Uh, and it, <laughs> what's interesting is this is her story, not Hawkeye's story, even though the show's called Hawkeye. Um, because uh, as, as well, you if said, you know from the comic book, she's yeah, also Hawkeye. Exactly, and that this is the tra- This is how she's obviously how they're going to um, you know get Jeremy Renner out of his contract and put a new um, Hawkeye into the Avengers. Which is fine um, because yeah, of course the yeah. way they're establishing him in this that he's got some PTSD here going on. He has, and, and, uh, and he misses yeah. Nat, and he blames himself, and you can see that. But he's trying yeah. to be a good dad, and he's doing uh, a good job of it as, exactly. as best as he can. And, and it's the, so good. Yeah, and also the you know there's some I, and the great thing about this is you don't need to have seen all the MCU movies to enjoy this. Correct. That's that's for one. I very quickly uh, just in the first episode just to to help my uh, my 12-year-old daughter understand what's going on. She's only seen the first Avengers movie. She's not seen any after that. I said, you know, Thanos snapped people away. And during that time, um, you know, Hawkeye, uh, his family were gone and he he got pretty dark. Yep. I said, that's all you need to know. And the Ronin thing is was him. She goes, right, okay, that's fine. That's all I need to know. And obviously yep. that's going to be expanded on during this the story. But I, I thought I'd just I, give it I a love how they that. bring these two characters together because I was wondering how are they going to do that from the previews you see that he's with his kids in new york and it's christmas and it has kind of a diehard vibe from the music and the setting and all that um it makes perfect sense that he was ronin it was a very dark period in his life someone shows up in his outfit and he's like what the hell yeah and he has to go get that costume because he knows what it represents exactly uh it was brilliantly done such good such here's the thing david it's very simple premise yeah and it just everything goes wrong from there and that's exactly the right way to take this so good and not only that it's it's presented this is a this is a family-friendly show even though there's violence and that sort of thing it's it's you know it's pretty toned down yep um you know uh the the main character kate bishop she's you know she's young she's sassy she's got the smart mouth yet she's played in a way you know she's she even though she is a badass she's not in in the first couple of episodes a complete badass you can see that she's struggling with what she's kind of getting herself into yeah. and that's kind of the theme the of bell the bell tower scene was so yeah. perfect to represent who she really is but even in even in the fights you know she's she's, she's getting her butt kicked too she, she, well yeah she don't get me wrong i mean she's putting four or five guys down at a time but she's not making it look easy Mm-mm. uh and um you know the it's choreography just, in it is just first yeah. rate and it's it's very very engaging and yeah. um you know uh as i said my 12 year old daughter she's not 
ter- terribly familiar with all the Avengers characters. As I said, she saw the uh, the first one and, and she loved it. She thought it was great. She can't wait. It. My, my wife as well, who's always my bellwether for these sorts of things, she watched the first two episodes back to back and she says it's, it's a brilliant series. She really likes it. My this son is- has not watched it, Cole, and he Hawkeye was one of his favorite characters. Yeah. And, you know, his first, not his first, but when he was old enough to pick his hairstyle, he went for the Hawkeye hairstyle for years. Yeah. That's the ha- mm-hmm. the little thing in the front, and then yeah. that was his hairstyle. So Hawkeye was mm-hmm. kind of his guy. And his problem with watching this series is that he feels, well, this is just them trying to replace and give a new Hawkeye, and I don't want to watch that. I get where he's coming from. He will eventually watch the series when it's over. I'll tell him, dude, you really should watch this, and he yeah. will. Yeah. Um, but I, there- I get where he doesn't want to. You know, yeah. if I had a favorite character and I'm 13 years old, and the last five years my guy was Hawkeye, and here's a series where it's kind of clear they're coming out with a new Hawkeye, I'd be like, no, I want my yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah, no, I understand that. But the the difference with this, to be honest, is I mean, compare it with, um, with uh, Captain America and with the. Uh, you know, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. That was very serious. Yep. Very big world. You know, these are, we're the Avengers and these are important events and everything. This I'm is a black man carrying the exactly. shield and what that this means is, to a whole group of people. I mean, this it was is, powerful yeah. and it had weight and it yeah. was serious. This is much smaller in scale. Yeah. This is this is more TV. This is less movie. Even yeah. though it has movie movie stars in it, I mean, it has some big stars in it. Yeah, it, this is this is a TV scope series. At least it is to start with, um, and that does make it more approachable. There is, you know, sometimes you don't want to eat uh, a big steak. Sometimes you just want a hamburger, and this is a hamburger, but you a know, really ho- good hamburger. The hotel that they, I, I think that's where they had a party or something. Yeah. Or was it someone lived there? I forget now. I think it was no, no, a party. It, it, no. It was the party, and then yeah. she goes to his house, his apartment. That hotel is where Wilson Fisk lived in Daredevil. Yeah, well, yeah, that, um, yeah, that. There's lots of little bits and pieces in there, and I, to be honest with you, I've seen that um, location in tons of movies. Yeah, but shows, for Marvel you know. to do that, yeah, they're not yeah, ignorant what, of Daredevil. No. They know how much fans want that character to come back, and I think he is. In you know, my wife Spider-Man. has been. My wife has been binging Daredevil um, recently. So, such a good and, series. Uh, made me realize I never watched season three, which was uh, an omission. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Season three isn't the greatest. It's probably the weakest of the three seasons. Yeah. Season one is still just the best. I mean, yeah. for, for an origin story, it's just captivating. Yeah. Um, the only issue I had with it is he almost seems silly in his outfit at the end. You're like, yeah. You know, he's got the mask and the, okay. But it's just, it's so well done. The character is so well done. And he's such and, a beloved uh, character. And yeah, the portrayal and is so beloved that Marvel has to bring that back. Yeah. And, and they can and do the a soft whole... reboot. Really don't mention a whole lot of the things about. Yeah. But you don't have to restart from scratch. No, exactly. And I want to can... see Kingpin. Kingpin oh, needs he, to become a major force, at least in Disney Plus, if not the he movies. He is such a good actor. Oh. Victor D'Onofrio. And he wants to do Kingpin. it. He keeps saying he wants yeah. to. And there's and, rumors uh, that he may show up in Hawkeye, which would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, this series so is based on a comic book. This, yeah, this Hawkeye. Yeah. And 
it's a lot different. Don't get me wrong, but pizza dogs in there. The track soup mafia's in there. <laughs> my, my wife's going. So what's the deal with the dog? I said. I said the it's dog's dog. important. I said the dog's important from yep. the comics. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, the only thing. The only thing I didn't like about the first episode, um, which you know really stuck out to me, and is the tr- the tracksuit mafia. Okay, they they should be terrified of Ronin. And yet she's there in the in the. They don't know that she's not the real Ronin, and they're just going, "Oh, we're going to come beat you up with a baseball bat." They should be terrified of it. They should have like 30, 40 guys because Ronin was such a bad. Well, they did when they went to Kate's house and surrounded it. They had like thirty uh, guys there. Oh, thanks. I haven't seen episode two yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but the fir- in the first episode when they attack oh. her in the street. Yeah. Well, but they, they were I mean, just like, oh, we're just going to beat you up. We're going to make you pay, and 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 that just didn't gel for me because I'm thinking these these people should be tooled up properly for yeah, because because Ronan was yeah. Batman basically exactly, and he killed loads of people in top people in in organized crime. They should not just have a few guys in an SUV come out with baseball bats and go, oh, we're gonna we're gonna mess you up now because that that just didn't work for me. So no. let's change gears. Let's get a little yeah. bit into video games here at the end. Okay. Because some big news in the Robertson household. About <laughs> six weeks ago, um, I got a. This is the second time they sent one, and I, and I. I had cold feet then, uh, mostly because of the economy, and I was like, eh, maybe this isn't the best time to do that. Um, I got an invite from Sony for the opportunity, which I love how they say that, to buy a PS5 directly from Sony. And that That's... it's a very small window. It's an exclusive invite. They don't do it to everybody. It's based well, on your obviously. It's it's based on your uh, history with Sony and the PSN platform. You have to be oh. signed in with PSN. I joined PSN when it very first launched, so I'm a very early adopter. Yeah. So I got a second invite about six weeks ago. Crikey! So Bear in mind, I, most I people yes. can't get PS5. Right. I said, okay, I'll. I'll I still wasn't convinced if I was going to get one or not, or even if I would have the opportunity, but I signed up again. Dude, buy and it and then, flip on eBay. <laughs> and then um, last week, I got an email. Monday is the day. You have to log into the site between these two hours. Maybe it's three hours, but whatever. Starting at 11 o'clock Pacific, which sucks because that's like one, no, two o'clock in the afternoon. Um make sure you sign in make sure you're on the website this is going to go fast be ready basically right so i set a reminder with siri i was at work obviously yeah i got my siri reminder which was good because i completely forgot about it i launched the website about 10 minutes early and there was a countdown and then it popped up and it said your wait time after the countdown hit your ability to buy one is about an hour away. And I thought, well, if they're going to be gone in an hour, there's I have zero chance at this point. So I left it open on my second screen. Mm-hmm. And then it beeped at me and I looked over and it said, you're five minutes away now. I was like, holy crap, that, went, that was the fastest 55 minutes of my life. Because in real yeah. time, that was about five minutes. So either a bunch of people jumped out or I got bumped. Or I don't know. And then a link popped up. 
And it said, select your PS5 and some accessories that you may yeah. like. And you click the link. So I clicked the link. And, and I Rick Astley came on and <laughs> went, never going to give you up. And then so I clicked the uh, one for the uh, the disc edition. Right. And I thought, I don't know which one's more popular, but I kind of wanted the disc edition. Yeah. So I clicked it, and I clicked a controller, and I clicked the game Ratchet and Clank. And it took me through the entire process, and it said, uh, you should get it in three days. Wow. So on uh, Wednesday, it arrived early. And this is this is at regular pricing? Yeah. There was no... No so, gouging. So what was that, Five $600? Uh, $499. All right, okay. Including so I got that, again, yeah. I got Miles Morales, I got an extra controller. Um, uh-huh. It was here Wednesday, which meant since we weren't going anywhere on Thursday, I was going to be able to play on the PS. And I was off Friday as well. So I had two days at home with a brand new PS5. Now, my initial thought was maybe I'll just sell it. But then I thought, it's me. There's freaking no way in the world I'm going to sell this goddamn thing. Even if I don't play it very much. Because I've been checking Best Buy's website every day, multiple times a day, hoping I'm going to score one. And it never freaking happens. There was one time an Xbox X came up, you know, the powerful yeah. one. And I got through the entire process and it said, sorry, it's not available. And I was like, you mother effers. I was so pissed off. Um, but Sony came through. I bought it directly from Sony. It's sitting here. This thing is huge, dude. This yeah. is by... Everyone says, yeah, I understand how big they are. You really don't if you don't have one. It is the heaviest, biggest console I've ever had in my life. It is gigantic. So I've been playing some Ratchet and Clank. Um, it's one of my favorite game franchise, and it's just as good here. Um, there's this built-in game. I can't. I don't remember the name of it, but it's kind of like it's more of a tech demo than a game, but it is definitely a game that teaches you all the different stuff with this controller, including you can blow on it and it senses it. That's kind of right. creepy. Um, and it has a built-in microphone, so it makes searching for something really, really nice. Um, but everything about this so far, other than the size and the weight, I love. It's a fantastic console. It so really do, is. How do you find it compares to the Xbox Series X? Um, Series S. Oh, you haven't got the X. You've got the S. I have the S. Uh, it's, I mean, obviously, it's much bigger. It's much bigger. Um, it's hard to say, to be honest. That I like them for different reasons. Uh, I still think the best value is a Series S with mm-hmm. the Game Pass. Yeah. Um, but if you if you like Sony's ecosystem as well, which I do, and I own so much Sony content, yeah. Um, I'm part of um, PlayStation Plus, so you get a free like two or three free games every month. Yeah. And for the last year, no, it's like two or three. Um, no, no, he, he has that on his PlayStation yeah, Four. Okay. Yeah. So when um they would come do hey here's the games this month i would always also get the ps5 ps5 free game with the foreknowledge that i'm probably going to get one eventually and then i'll have all these games so it's been 12 months since i've been doing that so i had 12 other ps5 games ready to install Mm -hmm. my biggest issue with it the one thing i don't like is while it does support an external hard drive you can't play PS5 games from the external hard drive. They have to yeah. be installed internally. The, the Xbox is the same. I have a external drive on my Series S, um, and it will play 
360 games off that drive, but it won't or play. Or Xbox One. Uh, yeah, Xbox 360 games, or um, will it play an Xbox One game? Yeah, yeah I think it will. But it won't play the latest games um, right. off, directly off that drive. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, the problem with these consoles is the additional storage, well, certainly on the Xbox, is very hard to get and really, really expensive. External storage? Yeah, the additional storage. So if you want to put the one terabyte drive in, the the additional storage. Oh, the internal storage. The Xbox. Yeah, there's like a cartridge that goes in there. Right. But it's like two hundred over $200 yeah. and, and you can't get them anyway. No. Um, whereas, um, obviously, an ex- I've got a, a, a two terabyte external drive on mine uh, and that was much, much cheaper. But yes, I can't play... Um, I can't play... And um, like the Xbox, you can do a swap. You can take it from yeah, the... Yeah, which is, which is what I tend to do. Yeah, because I tend which to be is a lot quicker to, than re-downloading yeah, a stupid exactly. you know, I, yeah, 19 I tend, gigabyte game. Yeah, I, I've got quite a lot of 360 games on there I want to play um, off Game Pass. But um, the yeah, I, I normally have only three or four Xbox uh, Xbox series titles on there on the go at once. So that's enough to fill the internal drive. And then, yeah, if I need to swap something out then it's pretty quick to do that they uh they also have ps now which is a subscription service just like microsoft's yeah and a lot of the games you it don't let you download it let you stream it i haven't tried Mm -hmm. very many of those i think i did a lego game batman or something and it was fine i mean it started streaming within five minutes i was up and playing which was pretty cool because it's only giving you what you need for the part of the game that you're in which yeah. is fine because I'm not on this eighth level yet, so I don't need that on my console. Yeah. Um, and it remembers your progress and all that. So that is available, but it's not nearly as populated as, as Microsoft's. So yeah. between the two, I probably will play them equally depending on the game. But that being said, I'm really digging the PS5. Yeah, the, the some, tech demo is one of the best looking things I've ever seen. It's, yeah. Even Cole said, "Wow, this looks fantastic," and he's yeah, right. It's, it's one of the one of the things that that is slightly disappointing about about the um, the Series S uh, is that um, it's very difficult to find true next generation titles yeah. for it. Well, it's early in the console's lifetime. Yeah, too, yeah, so. no, but well, you say early, but it's it's been out for a, over a year. Yeah, but uh, it's a year of pandemic where studios yeah. aren't cranking out triple exactly. a titles yeah. as they normally would it's would starting be. to pick up now falls of yep. five came out uh, and that looks phenomenal on my, i've got on it console. Yeah. um because it's free to play yeah and i i didn't like it well you know the the game is the game it's it's a racing game You've it, it needs a steering wheel yeah it's it's kind of difficult i i actually prefer falls of four because that's set in britain so yeah um, there you go it, you know i i kind of like that better but falls of five does look amazing cole not, started playing spider-man miles morales on the ps5 yeah. and that and what was kind of cool is when i bought it because i had to buy it and i bought it digitally you think i yeah. just go get the disc because i have the disc um the problem if you want to call it a problem is that um it gives you the option. Do you want the PS4 version or do you want to download or do you want to download the PS5 version? Mm-hmm. So I guess it's not a problem. It's a choice. Uh, so I went with the PS5 version. I don't know if it looks any better, but he's really enjoying it. He's got about two, maybe three hours of playing on it. Yeah. And he's really digging it. And I said, you know, I have, it's actually installed on the external drive. Um, the first Spider-Man, newer Spider-Man game that 
I just couldn't get into. I don't know why. Um, here's, uh, as an aside, the internal hard drive in my PS4 has failed. Right. And because when I first turned on my PS5, it said, hey, if you've got a PS4 on the same network with games installed, uh, turn it on and it'll just copy the games right over my local network to the new right. PS5. I thought that's awesome. So I went to turn it on and the hard drive was dead. But I did have, and this is where I installed a vast majority of games, an external drive, the same one that I actually have connected to the Xbox Series S, um, not that same type of drive. It's a yeah. five, four, four terabyte, five terabyte drive mm -hmm. that I downloaded a crap ton of games over the years on the PS4. So I didn't look it up first, but I thought, I bet this will work. So I just unplugged it from the PS4, plugged it into the PS5, it saw the games and done. That was it. Yeah, It's pretty, Sony really gets games. I, yeah. Here's the difference between Microsoft and Sony. Sony is now the PlayStation company. That's really all they are. That's yeah. where all their profits come from. Um, Microsoft is not the Xbox company. Well, no, uh, and not only that, yeah, I think it's well known that, that everyone reckons that Microsoft are losing money quarter by quarter on the xbox they uh they are not they are not making money over there yeah um and uh you know sony is so <laughs> there you go I mean, now here's um, the here's the challenge or here's the question for you david and, and i'm kind of asking asking myself this question uh, uh the more powerful xbox drops in your lap you can buy one mm -hmm. do you no i don't have i don't have any 4k tvs so there's no point for me my Xbox is connected to a PC monitor that, that that's a 1440p monitor. Yeah. So the Series S is just fine for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't need anything bigger or hotter. I, I can live without having the disk drive because, um, you know, I've got plenty of games to play on Game Pass. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. We, uh, to wrap up this episode, we've got... Um, an email from Guy Searle, of course, from the MyMac podcast, that he sent us. Um, we're like two episodes past where we should have read this email. You want to read it? Yeah, I will. You got to pull it up, don't you? I have it here. Listening to David talk about metal die-cast toys from his childhood reminded me of this story. In the early to mid-1960s, my father working his second job as a manufacturing rep for a large-scale refrigeration company went to the Bahamas quite often from our South Florida home and nearly always brought me back a little gift. This is how I ended up with some of the coolest toys my friends didn't have access to from the UK's Corgi toy manufacturer. As an aside, um, yeah, Corgi. There was Corgi and Dinky Toys. They were the two big metal die-cast companies uh, that made toys in the UK. And obviously the Bahamas was a... It, well, it still is. It's a part of the Commonwealth. It's kind of very closely associated with the UK. So they had uk stuff there so he says and i remember this this thing he says i had a james bond aston martin db5 with the ejector seat and front firing machine guns the 1966 batman with the missiles that fired from the three retubes i had one of those i did too uh, yeah the green hornet chrysler and what would be my favorite supercar from the jerry anderson super marionette tv show that's the people who did thunderbirds yep. as well and space 1999 I don't remember what happened to the rest of them, likely given to my younger nephews in Miami, but the supercar was lost in, for me at the time, tragic circumstances. I'm oh, sorry to hear that. At the end of 6, I ended up in the hospital for nearly three weeks. 
um, and my parents brought me my favourite toy, the supercar. None of us realised that the hospital policy was that any toys brought in had to be left for children that might not have any. And so my beloved supercar remained at the hospital when I left, and I never saw it again. That really sucks. Yeah. I had the supercar. Uh, though I remember when I was given it, I'd never seen the show, and I, I have still never seen the show, so I didn't really understand how to play with it. You know, so, uh, but yeah, it was, I remember it was like a gold colored car, but it had like a big fin on the back. It looked a little bit like the, um, the, uh, the submarine from Thunderbirds. Thunderbird okay. 4. Yeah. I told this story on the MyMac podcast some time ago and my brother Larry found the next best thing that wasn't going to cost hundreds of dollars. Right now there's a supercar on eBay going for nearly $500, which was a much smaller, Johnny Lightning, kind of like Mattel's Hot Wheels version, that he bought and sent me. It remains sealed in its packaging, and whenever a wave of nostalgia hits me, I take it out and view it from 60-year-old eyes that now need reading glasses. Guy. Excellent um, letter, Guy. We really appreciate your trip down memory lane. Um, I, yeah, I should probably... I should. We should probably do a show where I where we talk about toys from our childhood. Oh, I, let's do that next. And all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah That'd I've be got, kind of fun. I've got a bunch. I mean... You know, I, I think toys from your childhood was different in our generation and guys' generation than the, from the current generation. Yeah. You know, my son doesn't have the one or two things he has to have, you know. The, yeah, yeah, the difference of that is that... Um, so many more choices now. Well, there's so many more choices and also everything, thanks to globalization, everything's a lot cheaper than it used to be. It used to be if you got a big toy, that was kind of a big investment and you kind of treasured it a little bit. Everything is now a little bit more disposable, I think. We will, uh, let's do that next episode, Childhood yep. Toys. So in two okay. weeks, a couple weeks before Christmas, um, we're yeah. going to talk about our childhood toys. Yep. And uh, we'll set up a uh, GoFundMe page so Dave and I can <laughs> go out and buy these <laughs> old toys. I've got a, I've That's got right. one. Your mission, your mission, listeners, should you choose to accept it, is to send us for Christmas presents some of the toys so, we're going to So is about. it just the, when we say childhood toys, are we just like, as we were little kids or are we going to also say when we were teenagers because yes, you can you can choose right. I mean, as long as you can justify it's yeah. it's exists on the list then that's fine well i, would also, I only say that because i've got a couple things from then so I, yeah i i've got a, i've got things that i would pick that were that i had when i was a little bit older yeah um so let's so do that yeah it's a broad mix so that's yeah. going to be the next episode of uh tech fan or i'm uh, sorry of geeks, geeks pub. pub so yeah. in anticipation of that uh, I don't know how many people will do this, but hopefully somebody will. Send us a couple of the things that you remember getting as a kid that was very special to you, whether you still have it or not, or whether you want it still or not, what it would be to to get one. That would be cool as well. Send us send us an email. We love it. It's the show at, well, let's just, yeah. Yeah, just send us an email, the show at uh, thegeekspub.com. You can also just send it to Tim at MyMac.com. That'll get there, too. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the easiest one to remember. Tim shout- at MyMac.com. Or you can just shout it at your phone, and then uh, Zuckerberg will forward it on to us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, David, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Geeks Pub. Really fun topics this week. I really enjoy talking yeah. to you. Yeah, it was great. We'll see each other again next week for the Tech Fan Podcast, which I hope everyone's listening to that one as well. And uh, until then, my friend, I'll see you later. See you later. Bye.